0: All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to Chris Platy presents Hip Hop and Basketball. This is another NBA podcast series. Day one of NBA free agency, July first. Uh, recording this at six forty eight p.m. Eastern Time as of right now. When I start the podcast, uh, so I waited till this time because I think this is kind of the dead time in the first day. Uh, the first the first day is always very crazy, so I am hoping there is some downtime and nothing major breaks between the time I have this up Um, in the time I'm recording, but uh, I have my phone right next to me and I'll report any new deals that come along. So first things first, um, shout out to CBS Sports because they have a list on their website where you can uh, see all the free agency tracking where everyone's gone. It is updated every time a move happens. So I'll be going down that list talking about the deals that happened today uh, the ones that are rumored and the ones that are actually confirmed and then talk about you know where each team goes from there and uh, what kind of moves they make so let's start with let's start at the very beginning of the list so they had they had their rank for free agency and, and andre drummond was ranked the third best free agent uh behind of course lebron and durant so Uh, He reached a five-year, $130 million extension with the Pistons. That is a max contract that is the most he is eligible to get. He gets every dime he possibly can from the Detroit Pistons. Again, staying there for five years. Uh, Nice move by Detroit. I know that some people wanted to make him maybe take some type of pay cut because of his free throws. There's even this idea that uh, he should should take... um, his contract shouldn't be guaranteed and that every missed free throw equates to uh, missed out money. But um, that would leave Andre Drummond a very broke man. And I, and honestly, if, if we're being serious, all jokes aside, that would only add pressure to his free throw shooting. And I think that's something you don't want to do with Andre Drummond. He already struggles with confidence. But anyways, five years, $130 million. People are getting paid this summer. Drummond is worth that money, especially with the potential he has to be a franchise-altering uh, piece He's really turned the Detroit Pistons around these last couple of seasons with his dominant play inside uh, and on both ends of the floor too. He's got to he's got to learn to do two things. One is free throw shooting. That's absolutely number one priority. And then once he gets that settled, um, as long as he gets it to a respectable 50%, 50, 50 percent, then uh, then the Hacker Drummond rule and all those all those rules will won't uh, won't harm the Pistons anymore. So as long as you're shooting over 50%, then there's not going to be a hack or whoever. And I know they're making rule changes, but you don't want to count on the rule changes. You want to hope that he evolves and becomes a better free throw shooter. And the second thing I mentioned is um, he has to get better. He has to get better defensively at protecting the rim. Uh, I know that he's been overly criticized in in my opinion for his defense and rim protecting because. At his size, his speed, his athleticism, he should be an elite um, rim protector. But the problem is he struggled a lot with foul trouble this year. So sometimes the smartest play is to just let a basket happen and not pick up that extra foul and take yourself out of the game. So again, I think Drummond is learning. Uh, he's He's got to learn how to play better defense without fouling. And I think that he also has to, when it comes to defense, he has to... He has to be able to trust the guards, and right now the wings, uh, KCP's doing a great job of of protecting the perimeter, but he can only guard one guy. Uh, reggie, Reggie's reggie got to play a lot better defense, and Morris was playing pretty good, but he's got to take it up another level, and if those guys take it up another level, that helps Andre Drummond, and then he doesn't have to leave his man because you've seen if you're watching Pissing games, too, too often there was too many times where a person just slipped past uh reggie and then drummond would have to come up to help and then they just dish it to they just dish it to drummond's man for the easy jam and that's it so those are the two areas he has to improve i'm not worried about the post game uh if if he can if he can rebound at the level that he's rebounding at which is nearly 15 a game last season which is incredible If he can rebound at that rate, hit free throws at 50% and block a few shots, then he's worth every dime of that five-year $130 million deal. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Let's go to the next on the list. And next on the list is DeMar DeRozan. Okay, this is a good one I wanted to talk about. So DeMar DeRozan actually did not take the max. I believe the actual max was... um, Five years, 143 million that he could make, and he signed five years, 139 million. Saved himself about, saved the team rather about four million dollars. Not a big deal in the grand scheme of things when the cap is jumping like this. But um, you know, you never know what that four million dollars can do down the road. So uh, it was was a gracious pay cut by by Demar Derozan. But at the same time, you got to think and look from that aspect of. Nobody else could offer him the fifth year. Nobody could offer him close to 139 million in total money. So the the real interesting thing about DeMar DeRozan was that he didn't meet with the Lakers. He didn't meet with any other teams, and he kind of said, "Look, this is where I want to be." And there was heavy rumors that he was going to the Lakers, which is where he's from. Uh, he's from Compton, so there was there's a lot of those rumors, and he just shot it all down and said, "No, I want to stay here." I want to stay with the Raptors. This is a great situation for me. Far better than what the Lakers have to offer right now. And he's right. So smart move. I know if I'm a Toronto fan, uh, I'm on the fence about this because there's so many facets of his game you like. You like his ability to get to the rim and get fouls. You like his mid-range game, uh, but you don't like his three-point shooting. Uh, You don't like his inconsistent shooting. You don't like his inconsistent performances in the playoffs. Uh, so there, there is a little bit to worry about, but look, if you're Toronto, I mean, if you lose DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry's getting up there in age and starting to reach the tail end of his prime, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you become a low-end playoff team. Would you rather be that, or would you rather be a team that sticks together and, hey, look, let's say, let's say LeBron or Kyrie or Kevin Love go down with injuries next year, then maybe Toronto has a shot of getting out of the East. Now, I still think it's unlikely, but you know those those kind of circumstances have happened or it's like a Steph Curry's incident where Steph Curry's not out but he's hurt the entire playoffs if that happens to LeBron maybe the maybe the Raptors can slip by the slip by the Cavs and get a finals appearance so i think there's real value in staying as good as you are and that's why i don't bash Atlanta too often because it's very hard to sustain a level of success that they've sustained so um i i'm i'm with it i i think that this is a good move for toronto i think this is a move that had to be done and if i'm a raptors fan i know some of you are feeling like i said iffy about the deal but if i'm a raptors fan i am i am extremely excited about that uh we'll see we'll see if they're able to upgrade some other roster spots with that extra four million over the course i don't think it will matter but um maybe they make some type of sign and trade deal so keep your eyes out on that i don't think toronto is done in terms of free agency Okay, now next, Bradley Beal, ranked number seven on their board. I like where he's ranked, and I like um, I like the Wizards signing him to this contract, um, but I only like it for Beal, honestly, because the Wizards are signing a guy who has had multiple stress fractures in the same leg, and in fact, uh, they had a medical report where the doctor said that they have no clue why um, he continues to have these stress fractures, but they show no signs of knowing how to even prevent these stress fractures from reoccurring so the fact that he's already having multiple stress fractures and that he's it's rumored at this point but it's not entirely sure that he will have some type of limit uh minute restriction next year and for the rest of his career which is crazy because he's only i believe 25 right now so very interesting turn of events for bradley beal um hope that all works out for him uh, great guy he's, he's very dynamic when he's healthy. So we'll see we'll see if this is a good move for the Wizards. It could end up being a flop. He could end up being injury prone. He could be an Eric Gordon for the rest of his career. So we'll see what happens there. Alright, so next up is Nicholas Batum. Alright, this is a guy I am really a huge fan of. Like his game very much. He can do everything. He can guard one through four. He can he can really he really plays in a way one through four. He's definitely one of those point forwards that is able to uh, playmake very well as well as shoot the three his three-pointer improved he does have a little bit of a uh, of a fluke injury history now this is reported this isn't confirmed yet uh this deal has not been confirmed at the moment but uh right now it's being reported five years 120 million returning to the hornets again that's that's a good contract i think for both sides um i know nicholas Batum is a little up there in age but I, I think his game is one of those games that uh, that evolves very well over time because he's, he's a playmaker and he's a shooter, really. He's not a guy that really relies on his athleticism too much. He's just kind of versatile. Now, you will see a dip in defensive efficiency as he gets older, but in terms of his offensive ability and what he brings to you offensively, I think his game transitions very well as his career progresses. So that's that's a great move for Charlotte. Um, I know he was a very hot commodity on the free agency list. He was ranked number eight. I'm totally with that. I think he's extremely talented. I think he can help any team, and I think he was very, very important to the Hornets' success last season. All right, next up, White Whiteside. Four years, $98 million. Now, this is reported, not yet confirmed, but he is re-signing with the Heat for four years, $98 million. Again, the Heat could not, because of the bird rights or lack thereof that they had, they could not sign Hassan Whiteside to a five-year deal. This was, theoretically speaking, the best deal he could get. Um, this is his quote-unquote max offer that he can get. I don't think he can get much more than that. Uh, it's within the range of a max. If it's not a full max, now there is negotiation and talk that apparently, again, these are these deals. All of these deals are agreed upon in principle. They can't sign until July seventh officially. So depending on the final cap adjustments and depending on if they land Durant affects his reported contract. But as of right now, it's reported to be four years, $98 million, slightly less if they somehow pull off signing Durant as well to the Heat. Okay, um, Next is Chandler Parson going to the Memphis, uh, Memphis Grizzlies on four years, $98.5 million deal. Um, he's leaving the Mavericks now. The Mavericks apparently wanted to re-sign him but could not afford to do it. Uh, he actually had no interest in re-signing with the Mavs, too. He said that they're not even on his list. And so he went four years to the Grizzlies. And I will combine this with uh, the addition of Memphis also re-signing Conley to a reported five years, $153 million deal. So between the two of them, uh, Memphis goes from from a team that looked like they could have blown it up to a team that maybe will... um, maybe we'll be able to get back into contention now because Chandler Parsons adds a very versatile uh, playmaker to the team, something they desperately needed. He shot the ball very well, shot it near 50% for a a near month and a half, two month stretch. So he shot the ball very well. He playmakes, he defends very well. Of course, he has a lot of health issues with those knees. Uh, He's had two microfracture surgeries on his right knee. So it will be very important to see if he actually ends up being healthy, but if, he's, if he is, then this is a great deal for Memphis, and this is maybe what gets them back up into contention and gets them back in that elite conversation. So next on the board is Jordan Clarkson at 21, uh, 21 on the list, r- relatively fair ranking, maybe a little bit high, but this was actually, now the Lakers had two deals. And this was one that was very good to me. I liked it a lot. Jordan Clarkston, four years, $50 million. He's a combo guard. He can play the one and the two at, at the height of 6'5". He can guard both positions. He can play both positions. He does a little bit of everything. He's a very athletic, too, very dynamic player. So I think that he fits well with almost any point guard. So whether you decide to keep D'Angelo Russell or not, um, I think he can slide in and play with pretty much any guard in this league. He's got to improve the three-point shot, and he's got to improve his decision making. But four years, fifty million dollars in this climate, as you can see, as we get to some of the lower players, this was a great, great move by L.A. But while we're here, we might as well mention um, we might as well mention Timothy Mozgov signing for four four years, sixty-five million dollars to the Lakers. That was like the, one of the very first deals. Um, let me look up and see where he's at on this free agency list. He is number sixty-two. Wow. Um, honestly, I would have expected him lower. So he went to the he went to the Lakers for again four years, sixty-five million dollars. Great move. Um, great move for Timothy Mozgov really because he came from sitting on the Cavaliers bench, not playing at all. He got about um, he he got about a few not even not even I believe twenty-five minutes in the finals. Uh, and now he, all of a sudden he's got four years, sixty-five million. He was out of the rotation for about seven months, so very, very, uh, very shocking. But you know, I mean, again, in this climate, everybody's getting paid, everybody's, everybody's doing good, so it's a good time to be a free agent. So just when the Lakers look like they've made a good move, they go back and they go back and make a terrible move. So again, speaking to the dysfunction of the Lakers. I think that you definitely could have waited on Mozgov. I don't think there was a long list of suitors for him. And he also does have health issues too, so maybe he doesn't even play too. So not only is he not talented, but he also has injuries. Uh, he has a right knee injury, I believe, maybe it's the left. But um, one of his knees is very bad, So and there, it's unquestionable what his future is and how much he actually plays. He could end up playing 40 to 60 games a year during this contracting getting paid north of eight million dollars a year. So very, very, uh, very, very Laker esque move, if you will. Let's get back to let's get back to the other um move. So number twenty three on the board, Evan Turner, went to the Portland Trailblazers for four years, 70 million. Wow. So again, he is ranked lower than Jordan Clarkston and has a way lower ceiling than Jordan Clarkston. Evan Turner is what he is at this point, whereas Jordan Clarkson's only scratching the surface has potential and yet he got paid 20 more million in the same uh, 4 year span. So I I kind of like him in Blazers because I feel like I feel like Boston and Portland were the two teams that could really utilize him. He has very odd skill set. He has a very odd skill set where he can defend one through 3 he can uh, he can play make the he can play make actually pretty well for his position. Uh, so at times he plays point guard a lot actually at his size, which is which is very unique. He can't shoot the ball too well. He's got to he's got to improve that. But um, he just provides this unique skill set that not a lot of people offer. So I see that's why he's high up on the list. But um, again, very polarizing player. I think he works in Portland because we've seen this with guys like F. Farouk Amino, um, Mo Harkless, Gerald Henderson. These kind of guys are, are kind of like Evan Turner in that mold, maybe even maybe even less of an Evan Turner to an extent. So I think that in Portland's system and the way they move the ball and the way they share the ball, I think that he can actually be a huge help. Uh, maybe, maybe do some playmaking when Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are tired. And he can make them be more off ball player, but also Evan Turner does have to improve his own off ball game. So we'll see where, where that deal gets them. Uh but I so far I gotta be honest with you, I like the move. I know that the Portland Trailblazers were, and I believe I said this in my podcast, that they were tar- they were targeting both Dwight Howard and Chandler Parsons, and now with Chandler Parsons off the board, it looks like this was their next option at Evan Turner. So again, four years, seventy million. This has been reported, not yet. Uh, not yet officially confirmed again, none of these contracts are officially signed till July seventh okay, um next on the list, Matthew delvadova at twenty seven Wow, so he got he got a three year thirty eight million dollar deal or sorry four year forty eight million dollar deal with the Milwaukee bucks and the funny thing about this whole situation so for those of you that that know my podcast and have listened to them, I am not a delvadova fan. I do not care for him whatsoever. I think he's, he, I, I don't think he's good at all. I think what happened is he was a guy who was on the roster and LeBron James came there and LeBron James just makes everybody better. I mean, Matthew Delvadova could not find a place in this league until he got LeBron as a teammate. So we'll see, we'll see what he does without LeBron on his team. But anyways, so LeBron tweeted when Matthew Delvadova signed his contract. Now again, remember, he's a restricted free agent, so Cleveland has a right to match his offer. The moment Matthew Delvedova signed his contract and it was announced, or not signed but agreed to it in principle, LeBron James tweeted out, uh, "Congratulations, Matthew Delvedova, Good luck in Milwaukee." So LeBron was like, "Yeah, LeBron again." The, the, this is the general manager, LeBron speaking. He's like, "Yeah, f that, Matthew Delvedova, Have fun and have fun in Milwaukee. We're not matching that contract." So. We'll see. LeBron basically got Matthew Delvadova at least $36 million of that $38 million. So I think LeBron deserves a cut of that money, a huge cut. All right, um, next, Evan Fournier. Wow, they have Evan Fournier below Matthew Delvadova. As you can tell, I'm not high on Delvadova, so I'm very shocked by this. Evan Fournier, I'm really high on him. He's a great shooting guard, uh, played for the Magic. He re signed with the Magic for five years, $85 million dollars. Wow, what a signing by by the Magic. This is a huge move. Uh, he can shoot the ball very well. He, he, he moves around without the ball very well. So he's one of those great off-ball players, which are kind of hard to find nowadays. Most of the players are, only know how to play on-ball isolation, whereas he's great at running off of screens, getting open, shooting the three at a high rate. Uh, but he did have some inconsistent stretches last year, so you got to wonder how good of a pickup it really is for the Magic. Again, five years, $85 million. When Evan Turner's making four years, $70 million, That doesn't sound too bad. So I like that move. Uh, I like that move for the Magic. But again, um, I don't, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on it because you did just trade for Jody Meeks, and you do plan on eventually giving time to Mario Hazonia. And if you sign Evan Fournier to this contract, that means that you might that you have almost zero intention of playing his ownia or giving him serious real minutes, so we'll see. We'll see how that situation turns out. Jeremy Lin at twenty nine went to the Nets at three years thirty six million. I like this. I like him going back to Brooklyn slash NY uh, where he played so good and where the whole Lin sanity thing started. So I, I do like that for Jeremy Lin. I'm a fan of. Uh, I'm a fan of his game. He played very well in Charlotte last year. He's he's a great role player when he's asked to be a role player. He's not he's not the insanity he was hyped up to be, and that's not his fault. That's just you know the New York media getting caught in the hype. Um, so I like I like this move for Brooklyn. Again, you don't have your own draft picks if you're Brooklyn, or rather the rights to your draft picks. So you might as well go out and get um, some good players and and not give Boston the number one overall pick. So. Again, Jeremy Lin, nice guy. Take um, If I'm Brooklyn, I know they're targeting veterans, but if I was Brooklyn, I'd be doing kind of the Philly route where you just take flyers on all these question mark guys who are young and maybe have a chance to be developed. Speaking of, Coach Kenny, as they call him in Brooklyn, he is a great developer. He is known for his developmental role in a lot of key players in Atlanta when he was an assistant there and even worked under the Spurs. So nice move by... Um, Nice move by the Nets to get Jeremy Lin, a guy who can still maybe develop a little bit. Uh, again, coming off a great season in in uh, Charlotte, so good move by the Nets. I, I expect them to target more young guys, take some Flyers on some young guys. Although it is reported that they want veterans, so we'll we'll see we'll see which route they choose to go. Uh, next up, okay, Joaquin Noah. Now this has not officially been reported. Um, this is this is the rumor. The rumor is that he has a deal that is four years within the seventy-two to seventy-eight million dollar range. So, um, with the New York Knicks, I, for those of you that don't know, so Joaquin Noah, four years, seventy-two to seventy-eight million to the Knicks. At his age, uh, it is a New York Knicks move. I mean, what can I say? It's it at least makes them entertaining. But uh, you know, you're paying. 14 to 16 million a year for a guy who doesn't uh, doesn't play half the season, or doesn't play a half to a third of the season. So, uh, you know, a very New York move, but it does make them interesting. And it's funny to think that Carmelo a couple of years ago was going to go to the Bulls, and now he has Derrick Rose and Joaquin Noah. So, you know, the Bulls came to him in a way, and Melo got to keep his money. So happy for Noah. Um, he deserves to get paid. And uh, I think that when he's healthy, he can, he can still for the next two two or so years be a serious uh, a serious defensive plus and really help help them out. So again, when he's healthy, I think it's a great move. But I would totally devote um, time to putting Przingis as a stretch five uh, and and just kind of unleashing that beast. So I expect Joaquim Noah to come off the bench. I don't know the terms and conditions of it because I know that Joaquim did not like coming off the bench in Chicago. So so we'll see how it goes in New York for him. Next up, Al Jefferson right behind him. Like Al Jefferson a lot. Three years, $30 million to the Pacers. Love, love, love this move uh, because Indiana, Indiana now got between Jeff Teague and Al Jefferson, they got two guys that can get their own shots outside of Paul George and Monte Ellis. So now, and then also the addition of Thaddeus Young, who's a great just kind of role player schematically speaking. Um, I I I think Indiana's really climbing up there, and now all of a sudden uh, they're creeping into that almost top four tier for me. Uh, Indiana's Indiana's looking real good. I like the pieces, and we'll we'll see what we'll see what Coach Nate McMillan. Uh, does with this team, I would have more confidence in Frank Vogel, who did a great job with Indiana. I would have much more confidence if he was the coach, but we'll see how we'll see how Nate McMillan does. But on paper, this looks like a great pickup for the Pacers. So smart move. Um, happy for Al Jefferson, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what this Indiana team can do now that it has multiple scoring options, uh, multiple guys that can get their own buckets. Okay, next up. Mirza Toledovich went to the Bucks for three years, thirty million, about ten mil a year. That's that's about what I expected for him. Uh, he's a he's a great stretch four. Rebounds okay, defense not so great. Uh, just a typical typical stretch stretch four. Um, he he's he's a typical stretch four in every sense except he does shoot a little bit higher than uh, percentage wise speaking than the other stretch fours in the game. So. He'll help out the Bucks who desperately needed four spacing uh four spacing rather sorry. Um, especially at the 4 and 5 spot they need some four spacing. So, uh, good move by good move by the Bucks to pick him up. Again, this is another move that might be a mediocre move, but it might actually go a long way in helping the team become better. Okay. Um Brandon Jennings did not sign with the team, but I did want to point him out because he's ranked number 47. And uh, it's reported that he's looking for a deal way north of 10 million per year, and that the Buc- or sorry, not the bucks, the Nets are seriously interested in him. So that's the latest on Brandon Jennings. Uh, again, he's a guy. He's a guy I think is very good uh, when he's healthy. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what to expect of him anymore since the uh, since the whole Achilles injury. But uh, I can speak for him from watching him in Detroit when he was on the Pistons. That he had so many electric moments before that injury that he's definitely a guy I think in this cap climate if you're a team like Brooklyn that you definitely give a shot to him because if you can get a little bit of that magic then um no pun intended with him being on the magic but um if you can get a little bit of that then I think it's I think it's a great deal in this climate for Brandon Jennings okay um Let's see, who else is there on the list? Okay, we're getting pretty low here, so 52. All right, 52, Jared Bayless. Uh, Don't know if I like this ranking that high, but, you know, what else are you going to do? Three years, $27 million to the 76ers. I like this because the Pistons earlier today, I did not report this, but I'm sure he's ranked farther down the list. Um, Ish Smith was signed to the Pistons for three years, $18 million. So, again, kind of like a like a Stan Van Gundy, reminiscent of that Stan Van Gundy, Jody Meeks move, where he signed him the first day of free agency two years ago to that three-year $18 million deal or $21 million deal, whatever it was. So, Stan Van Gundy, uh, again, doing his move, getting the Pistons a backup point guard, and now the Sixers have replaced uh, their starting point guard with Jared Bayless. I assume he's going to be the starter, unless, of course, they make some type of move, but I don't see anyone else on the market that's going to challenge Jared Bayless for a starting point guard position in Philly. Okay, next, uh, like I said, Mozgov went to the Lakers, six, uh, $65 million over four years, ridiculously overpaid. Um, oh, okay, this is a good one. DJ Augustine, uh, he was a guy I thought Detroit had high on their radar. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, I don't know. But um, I know Stan Van Gundy really liked him when he was in Detroit. He is now going to the Magic on a four-year, twenty-nine million dollar deal. I think that's approximately right um, for what you're getting in this climate. DJ Augustine is a guy who can pass the ball pretty well. He can get to the rim actually pretty well, surprisingly well. Um, he shoots the three ball with a good accuracy, and he's he's not as bad defensively as you think. But he is he is uh you definitely need help out there when he's on defense. So. So again, that's what Serge Ibaka will bring. Serge Ibaka will protect his flaws a little bit. And he's a nice little veteran that can kind of tutor um, and, and really coach this young Alfred Payton. So I like that move for uh, for the Magic getting another veteran that can kind of help show their guys the ropes. Uh, let's see what else we got. So Solomon Hill, it's reported that he reached a $52 million deal with the Jazz earlier today. So we'll see how that turns out. I like him because he's a great, great. Um, he's a great, great uh, wing player in terms of potential. He has that potential to be at his size and and strength and his ability to shoot the three ball. He was, I believe, it said the second I read this stat on sports efficiency, that synergy stuff, and he said that, or they said that he is actually one of the, um, one of the three best uh, efficient scores in the NBA postseason this year. So he had a great postseason, shot the ball extremely well, 63% effective field goal percentage, which values not only not only um, how you, if you make or miss a shot, but it values the efficiency of the shot, meaning if it's a good shot or a bad shot. So again, smart, smart, smart role player. I like that. Um, that's a huge hole for Indiana. Uh, as much as they made some good signings, uh, that that does hurt them. So, we'll see. We'll see if the Solemn Hill deal is actually official. But again, it's a rumor at this point. Okay. Um. So yeah, then there's uh there's Ish Smith, three years, eighteen million dollars. Like I said, to the Detroit Pistons, uh, ranked at number five. And the final the final move of the day, I will speak of this broke during the podcast. I'm checking my phone now to see what else happened. Um. Jeff Green, one-year, fifteen million dollar deal with the Magic. Again, the Magic signing veterans. I don't like this that they're signing so many veterans, uh, because at the rate they're paying them, then that means that they're going to they're going to play. Uh, and the Magic are clearly now trying to make a push to the postseason. But if you're the Orlando Magic, I know you're impatient and you want to win and you want to get to the playoffs, but. If I'm that magic team, I, I got to let those young guys develop. I got to start his own, you know, start Peyton, start Gordon, uh, start Vucevic, maybe even trade him because he's kind of out of their core age. So uh, Orlando Orlando's very curious to me. We'll see what they do. And also, it is agreed upon that Al Horford is heading to the Atlanta Hawks. This is huge, guys. Three years, $70.5 million. This is breaking, breaking news. Um was reported about ten minutes ago at the time I, I'm recording this podcast. So Dwight Howard to his hometown Atlanta, seventy point five million dollar deal with the Atlanta Hawks. Now that means that Al Horford is gone. So this is this is actually very very exciting. I want to talk about this for a minute because this is this is a huge huge domino. This means that Al Horford is not um. It is not is not coming back, like I said, to the Atlanta Hawks, and now he is officially on the market. Um, man, this is this is huge. So now, so now we'll get to really see where Al Horford goes. The sweepstakes is amping up. Uh, I so now you gotta you gotta think that the Warriors, the Spurs are waiting on Kevin Durant's offer, but then once Kevin Durant goes, it's going to be a massive bidding war. But uh, no matter what happens, we are going to see Al Horford on a new team this this season. So this is very exciting. One of the top four free agents is now going to be officially on the move. So before we close this podcast, let's talk about that a minute. So Al Horford, um, if you're if you're Al Horford, you got you got a few options. You got the Spurs, you got the Warriors, you have um, you have the Heat, who maybe who maybe interest you. Um, Probably not, though, with the reporting of Hassan Whiteside. But again, maybe they do because of the uncertainty of Bosch and his future. Uh, and then also, you got think about you got to think about the Pistons, I think, are now a serious factor. And, and the Celtics. Um, the Pistons and Celtics have a lot to offer Horford. I believe the Pistons do have more so because they have a lot of young, talented uh, promise. And he fits very well with Dwight Howard schematically so uh, that would be that would be a great and he fits well with Baines and Tobias Harris so he fits well with all of Detroit's uh, front court so that could be a huge move there Detroit is still working there's no word yet on a secured meeting with Al Horford but Detroit is working on getting a secured meeting with Al Horford uh, to to make their pitch to him we'll see if that happens I'll keep you updated if anything happens throughout the rest of the podcast but um, the Spurs are a great option his ball movement and his shooting makes him a total Spurs-esque player. He's super unselfish, so this is a great move. Uh, that it's it's a great move. It's a great move for for the Spurs if they can get him. And uh, the Thunder, of course, I forgot to mention the Thunder. The Thunder are in the now in the Horford sweepstakes, and now knowing that he is officially out of Atlanta, maybe this is a huge. Um, opportunity and maybe now all of a sudden you will see Ernest Cantor be traded. Uh, there, there's r- reports that the Thunder are pushing real hard to trade Ernest Cantor in order to get Al Horford. Now there's a few teams out there that could get him. Uh, maybe maybe Cantor would be a nice pairing with Anthony Davis mm. in New Orleans. They want to make a splash. Uh, don't know if they consider that a splash but found the Pelicans. I keep that offer in mind. Um, with Anthony Davis and, and um, Anthony Davis and Ernest Cantor could be a nice front court because again Davis kind of does it all. He stretches the floor and he's and he protects the rim. He kind of covers up all Cantor's weaknesses and Cantor can get all the rebounds whereas um, whereas Davis doesn't have to. So uh, so yeah, very interesting move. Very, very interesting move if that happens. Um, I don't know of any other places off the top of my head where Cantor would be good. But I imagine now that the Thunder are in full force to push and uh, make a trade to get, to get Al Horford and free up that cap space for Al Horford. Okay, wow. Another another huge breaking news. I wish I had a breaking news sound effect here. Dwayne Wade in contract talks with the Bucks and the Knicks. Wow. Dwayne Wade. Um, Dwayne Wade could be leaving Miami Heat. Wow. Now again, I'm not buying this. I'm I'm not gonna buy Dwayne Wade leaves the Heat until I see him in another uniform, and then I still won't believe it. But Dwayne Wade, um, you know, it's good for him. He deserves to get paid. He's been taking pay cuts. So look, if if the Heat aren't paying him that much, then uh, aren't paying him what he's worth, then he should leave. Simple as that. So I like Dwayne Wade. I think that he should get a good um, he should get a good contract and. But I think the best move for him is to wait it out. And if the Heat don't get Kevin Durant, which again I don't expect, I expect a zero zero to one percent chance that that Kevin Durant goes to the Heat. And Dwayne Wade, if Dwayne Wade waits it out, then then uh, then the Heat can give him an enormous contract instead of uh, instead of actually giving him uh, a salary cap uh, friendly contract for them, which would be eighteen to twenty million. I believe what you do is you do another one-year massive deal for him, but um, it's reported that he's looking for a multiple-year deal to kind of take him out. A, a quote-unquote Kobe contract is the reference being used here. So interesting, interesting uh, turn of events. So we, we, we're going to end the podcast with two breaking news, and hopefully uh, more other serious breaking news doesn't happen by the time I post this podcast. All right, so thank you guys for tuning in. To Chris Platy presents Hip Hop and Basketball. This is an NBA podcast, uh, part of the free agency series that I'm doing right now, which is 13 podcasts in 13 days starting yesterday with a pre-free agency one. So go and check that out and see how wrong and how right I am so far in terms of predictions. And again, I'll be giving you daily podcasts to update you on all the latest transactions in the NBA in this crazy madness free agency so continue to keep a lookout for that, and in addition, I also do my hip-hop series, which covers uh, album reviews of current and old albums, talks about other things like top five debates and all that stuff, and my NBA podcast, I'm also going to be adding some new content too, again, along those lines, top five debates, etc., plus breaking down, again, the latest free agents. So thank you for tuning in, I'm Chris Platy and please share and support this podcast.